listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another installment of Special Reports. I'm Lawrence Coletti, producer for Legal Talk Network. And today we are on location at the Clio Cloud Conference at the beautiful Radisson Blue Aqua Hotel in Chicago, Illinois. Joining me today is Jabez Labrette. He is the business writer for Forbes CMO Network and NBC Chicago. He's also the co-author of the number one best-selling legal professional book, Online Law Practice Strategies, as well as an international technology expert who has delivered CLE presentations at over 50 bar associations. And as if that wasn't enough, he is the co-founder of the law firm marketing agency, Get Noticed, Get Found. Welcome, Javez. Man, I should take you with me everywhere, Lawrence. That was, that was fantastic. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thanks for coming on board today. So you're at the Clio Cloud Conference, and it looks like I've got you on schedule here for the event, Digital Marketing for Law Firms and Legal Professionals. Tell me about that. Man, I tell you. So if you need, like, uh, if you're an insomniac, I always say, then go pick up a book on, like, online marketing for law firms because that's put you right out. put you right to sleep. <laughs> no, it, you know, it's kind of interesting. We had, we had a really good, uh, really good session yesterday, um, you know, packed room. Uh, I think everybody, you know, it just shows that everybody right now is, is feeling the pressure of uh, a need to figure out how to navigate this online world, this, this presence. And, and it's really being driven by the fact that our, our referrals and our, our prospects, they're all hanging out online. That's social media, websites, director. I mean, it's like, it's not any one place anymore. They're on mobile devices. They're on tablets. They're, I mean, they're all over the place. And so it's just, it's become pretty complex and a little bit confusing. And so, you know, we've been doing some, some good work at kind of, I think, um, boiling it down to uh, some simple, simple basics so that we can understand, hey, what do you need as a minimum? And then, you know, where's, where's the ethical line so you don't cross any uh, boundaries you don't want to. But um, no, this conference has been fantastic and it really was a pretty good, pretty good session yesterday going over some of the changes and recent updates. So what are the big primary channels that you need to be tapping into for, this, uh, for marketing online right now? Oh, man, that's a great question. You know, I, I, a big mistake people make is they think it's only your website. Right. Huge mistake. And it's not just your website. Another really big mistake, which kind of is, is counter to that, is that your website does need to be really good. So it, it, you can't ignore the website. Like, you, you have to have a minimum standard of professional and current. You know, right. if, if it looks like it was designed in 2005, it looks like you're out of business. Yeah. And that's just the reality of the world. Um, you know, but right now, some things you got to be worried about mobile is really big. Um, we released some data yesterday from a, a huge case study we did this summer. Um, first time we've, we've released this information yesterday here at the conference. And it was uh, basically about 26% of all traffic to all of our clients across the board is coming from phones. Okay. Not even, t- so tablets make up 6% uh, more of that search. All in all, that's, that's about a, th- a little over a third of all of your searches, of all the people that are visiting your website. A little over a third of that's happening on a device that's not a laptop or a desktop. So, I mean, it's, it's not an option anymore. Right, I mean, right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't alienate a third of, of your audience by, by not being mobile, mobile ready. And so, you know, we talked a lot about what are your options and, you know, kind of where do you need to go when it comes to establishing a, a mobile site as well. So you are, you're recommending a separate mobile site? For, for uh, potential clients, or are you recommending designing the site so that it's compliant with mobile? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of like the, the Betamax versus VHS, okay. you know, battle yep. when they were like, you know, who's going to win? You know, we're going to have one. I remember. Or, you know, one, yeah, one of these, you know, one of these is going to come out victorious, and then, you know, Betamax went to the wayside, and nobody uses Betamax anymore, and uh, or if they ever really used it to begin with. Uh, mobile design, which is what you're referring to, which would be an dot or a mobile dot site, which is a right. separately designed website lost out to responsive design. 
Um, a, lo a lot of the reason that's driving that is that the search engines don't want to have to index two completely separate websites right. for every website that exists online. So they're trying to discourage people from, from doing that because they just don't want to have that extra clutter uh, out there, you know, uh, on the line, if you will. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to going responsive, you know, there's certain challenges there because you have to design it so that the user is getting the experience that they need. So is your phone number and your address prevalent and at the top of the screen? That actually is hard to do when it comes to responsive coding. And, you know, for those that are listening right now that don't know the difference, um, responsive coding basically breaks down the website so that whatever size screen, the content, all the content on the website is viewable on that screen. So we're all used to seeing the sites on your, your phone, like you go to your iPhone or your Android, you go to a website, and you can't read anything because it's like point negative two font, you know. And so it, it, no one's pinching and zooming anymore. And responsive, what it does is if you're on a mobile, it just makes your site so you can read it on a mobile. If you're on a desktop, it makes your site so you can read it on a desktop. So um, that is where things are headed. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of technical reasons why that's happening. But I think at the end of the day, all that really matters is you need to know the search engines have spoken, Betamax lost, mobile design lost. It's all heading responsive. Well, what about the app world? I mean, it seems like I've seen a lot of, um, uh, not necessarily firms, but other types of businesses just kind of punt to basically the app to deliver a unique service or at least a more interactive service uh, you know, for the mobile platform and maybe bypass some of that uh, you know, uh, content made for mobile on, online regular. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the the app I, I feel is kind of like you know Squirrel. Like I mean, it's it's that it's that <laughs> thing that people are like, hey, there's this cool thing I can do on a phone, and I can make an app do all these neat things. And you know, if I'm in personal injury, they can take pictures of the accident or whatever. Or bankruptcy, they can, I don't know, ask questions about their filing. I mean, they're, they're, the the app is an interesting idea. The problem is, and what I think that we're missing here is a bigger conversation about what we would say is basically your brand as an API. Okay. And when, when you say brand is an API, uh, you know, basically an API is, is an ability to interconnect two systems together. And that's two separate systems and one user is choosing how to build a whole entire separate tool base to fit in. And that's what we're seeing right now is that the user, the prospect and the client, um, they're dictating how they want to interact with your brand. Okay. How they want to interact with your law firm. I mean, we only work with law firms. We don't, we don't work with any other kind of clients. And I can tell you in legal, an app is a terrible idea um, because it's not something that the user is really going to want to be interacting with. Okay. You need to do native mobile if you're going to be doing anything fancy. You can do all the same things you could do with an app on mobile anyway. Um, it can be difficult to code, but it can be done. And, and the problem is, is that why do I want to clutter up my phone with another app right, for right. when I might need to hire an attorney or get information from my law firm. So I, it's not something that I'm going to really have a need for until I need it. And then that, those sorts of apps don't tend to really go very far. Okay. An app's something that should be used on a regular basis. And, you know, most people are not hanging out Saturday night at 8 o'clock on <laughs> their, their law attorney. firm's website, you know, <laughs> like doing some whatever they do on the website, you know. So we need to be thinking about user intent before we waste resources, time, and energy on stuff like mobile apps. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good way to look at it. So one of the one of the questions uh, I was uh, dreaming up when uh, when you agreed to interview, and I come from the. Uh, I the feel special. You, you were dreaming about me. That's. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, that may what not kind of, have come kind of radio, off. What kind of radio show are we on here? I, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, no, I, I come from the small, uh, mid-sized business world, and so you know, I uh, especially with with my uh, my law practice, I work a lot with uh, med 
radical. And so, you know, these are, these are um, you know, practices, you know, that small mom and pop would kind of be the equivalent in regular business. And, and so, they, you know, limited staff. And of course, you know, with a, uh, with a law firm, you have a primary earner, the attorney, and then you've got the ancillary staff that go along with it. And, you know, attorneys get busy and they want to, they want to delegate these duties uh, to some of their assistants and, and the other people that work in their office. And so I guess my question is, and this is uh, a lot of the questions I get asked uh, from some of my clients and, and other people I talk to, how much time do you need to be spending doing this? I mean, there's so many platforms. So how much time do you invest into this to try to see a return? That is such a common and difficult question. So I'm going to give you a, a, a lawyer response. Okay. It depends. Oh, there you go. It depends. All right. So here, here's how it really breaks down. Whether, for better or for worse, a law firm's a business. Right. Whether you like it or not. And, and to make it even worse, if you're, you know, if you're transactional or you're billing out by hour, you, you're probably billing out at a fairly high dollar rate, somewhere between $250, $300, all the way up to $1,500 an hour. So... Figuring out the ROI of how much time you should be spending specifically on doing things to manage your business is a, a very difficult question for each individual law firm and each individual lawyer to answer. So you got solos all the way up to big firms, right? The bigger firms, you know, it seems firms with about 35 or more attorneys typically have someone in-house that's dedicated to the marketing side. So it becomes a little bit easier on that side. But right. even then, it can be difficult because at the end of the day, the lawyer's responsible. Right. For the information that's about yes. them out there. So you have to stay engaged. You cannot completely walk away and just hand the keys over to somebody else. Like, you know, we're we're a turnkey service provider. People want to do that with us. They wanna they wanna hire us and then just hand us the keys to the car and then they just wanna go on vacation. And and you don't wanna do that. You need to stay involved somewhat because you gotta protect yourself. This is this is basically like your insurance. This is you buying insurance on your your online presence because you don't wanna violate any ethics guidelines and, and that's really, really important and you need to make sure you're keeping an eye on it. Plus you don't wanna screw it up. Um, you know, we can talk a lot of money here can be made. Um, but to the question of how much time should you should you be spending, um, you know, I, I'm i a big fan of, of hire really smart people and teams to go do stuff. And if you're big enough that you can hire a smart team of people to do stuff in-house, great. And then send them to the training. Don't make them... A common mistake people make is firms is that they, they just kind of expect this person is going to do their job for 40, 50 hours a week and they're going to learn everything they need to learn. Right, You right. need to be carving out time for, for development because this stuff changes fast. Yeah. Uh, if that's not a situation or route you want to go, then hire an agency. Um, you know, I mean, there's... Hell, there's Nifty Law, Attorney Sync, uh, you know, GNGF. I mean, go for the mid mid level agencies. They're going to be your nimble nimble choices to either advise you, okay, train your staff, or do the work for you. But again, you got to stay engaged. You can't you can't simply just walk away from the process. Um, you know, and I would say on business development, basically, I mean, this is your paycheck, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, uh, at least a minimum of five hours a week. Okay. Should be should be allocated. And this is from one employee or just in general across from, the board? From at least one lawyer. Okay. At least one lawyer needs to be spending about five hours a week on monitoring, maintaining, strategizing, direction, organizing. You know, one of the some firms are like, Well, we get we're getting all the business we want, so why would we spend time doing this? And I'm I would counter, well, are you getting the highest quality of business that you want? You can always get better business. You know, so you might have enough volume coming in, but is that the volume you really want? And if you could cut out the bottom 15, 20% of people that are taking up most of your time and aren't really producing much for your firm as far as clients are concerned, um, moving forward, what would that look like? You know, what, what position would you be in then if all the new people you're getting were perfect? 
Right. Um, and that's what that time does for you. Is It's ironic. It actually buys you more time. Um, and that actually was not ironic at all. But thank you, Alanis Morissette, for you. ruining the actual definition of that word. There you go. Actually, you, uh, you, you hit on something uh, with your last response there, and that kind of comes down to our, our magic word um, at uh, Legal Talk Network is thought leadership. Well, it's two words, but it's the magical, the magical two words that we like to use. And so, you know, one of the things that uh, we continually uh, touch on with the different shows is, is being a thought leader as driving content to your site, you know, the SEO, being a thought leader in basically engendering confidence in your, in your product, your goods, your services. And so you, you briefly touched on that when you talked about one attorney doing this for about five hours a week. So this is something that needs to come from attorneys. If you have a law firm, whether you're small or large, this is something that needs to come, the social media, you know, the, the marketing needs to come from somebody who is an attorney and not somebody that's part of the ancillary staff. Yes and no. Yes and no. One, one, one of the worst mistakes that a law firm makes is that a lawyer does the marketing. Okay. I mean, no offense, but right. <laughs> lawyers are good at doing the law, hopefully good at doing the law thing. The marketing side of it tends to be a little bit more of a challenge because that's not their core competency. It's just not what they're trained for. It's not what they were taught. And, you know, to, to the extent that, you know, marketing is almost a four-letter word in some firms, um, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. I get it, you know. I mean, it's, it, being a lawyer is a prestigious and, and, and highly regarded profession, and that's fantastic. Um, you need to be asking yourself, where are you, what are you best at? Now, to the thought leadership side of things, absolutely. Thought leadership is saying, hey, I know law, and I know something about a particular kind of law, and... I'm going to talk about that. And that is super important. Just remember when you're writing that, you're not writing for other lawyers. Um, you know, so you kind of got to do an ego check, you know. And, and I think that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You're not trying to impress, you know, other members of the bar. You're trying to show potential clients, uh, you know, in need that you know about their problem. Even like, so as you, as you, you mentioned in my, my introduction earlier on, you know, I write for Forbes CMO Network. You know, that's, that's executives. It, Fortune 1000 companies. I still don't write in some sort of really high level academic style. I still write in a, a conversational, educational, useful, entertaining way. Think of the content that you enjoy consuming. That doesn't mean that I don't sometimes want to write pieces that are really, really in-depth and research-based and have, have a real high level of, of academic rigor. But a lot of times that can be tiring for the reader. Right. And so engage your audience in a way that is fun and useful, and you'll have way more success at, at trying to do that very difficult thing, which is to actually have any chance of becoming a thought leader at all. It is really hard to do. Um, and it doesn't just stop on your blog. You got to get out. You got to be speaking. I mean, you got to get out there. You got to do other things. It goes offline. Like you know, don't hide behind the web presence as if that's going to some be some sort of pixie dust that's going to magically make you right. all of a sudden this this new thing. You know, this 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 new thought leader. Taking a couple extra steps and, and putting some thought into where you can go get yourself out there can really really help. I think drive that process a lot faster. And I don't know. I don't know about you, but I like to get places as fast as possible and, and as, as efficiently as I can. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good takeaway. Well, Jabez, thank you so much for interviewing with us today. I, we're not done. We can't be done. We can't I, be done? No, this well, is did awesome. I lose you something guys are out? fantastic. I don't know. I just, I'm enjoying myself here. All right, I'll ask you an open-ended question then. So uh, what are some impressions and takeaways you're getting from Clio Cloud Conference? Clio Cloud, all right, first takeaway is this is by far the coolest legal conference I've ever been to. Like, okay. I mean, as far as like cool is concerned, 
awesome. Well, because um, this is audio, please elaborate on All that. right, so the, the, the venue is beautiful, and, and that, that they don't have anything to do with. I get that. But the, the attention to detail um, is really important. It's a very well-branded event, which means that the Clio brand is well integrated but not in an annoying way like in your face way it's just pleasantly so the logo and the colors and everything's consistent and they have blue jelly beans you know that match their color of their new rollout and I I can appreciate that you know I, I like that attention to detail but they're they're taking note of what matters so there's always hot coffee right they have really good food that's true they threw a hell of a party last night uh, I don't I, know. So I heard. So I heard. So you heard. So I heard. <laughs> no, actually, it was a good part. I went. It was <laughs> yeah, great. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know they just the staff is fantastic. And so those all those things roll in. And the the speakers, you know, I mean not not to you know make myself rolled into this mix look good, but the really awesome lineup of speakers. I mean, holy crap! I mean Kevin O'Keefe and Mark Britton, and I mean just amazing. Literally an amazing lineup of speakers. Um, you know, Suskin yesterday. Oh, yeah. And, and it's just been a, a fantastic mix. And so the knowledge base has been legitimate knowledge. People are giving takeaways. So they're, w- during the sessions, you're learning actual things to go do. It's not that kind of fluff conference that doesn't have any sort of granular detail. We want action items. I want to know what I can go do next week, um, which, is, which is really great. And so that, that's a breath of fresh air. Um, a couple of big takeaways as far as, as information is concerned. Um, go paperless. It'll make your life a lot easier. Um, we're big. We have a Fujitsu scan snap um, at our office. I don't know if you've ever used those, but they're I have actually. awesome. Um, they get one of those. Amazing. It's it just makes life easier. Um, I think that efficiency is the answer, and really, what we're looking for is I don't want to work harder. I really don't. I want to I want to work better, and then I don't want to take that extra time and then just do more work. I want my life back. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I do, and I, I, I that resonates with me. And you know, as a business owner, I get it. You know, I'm I'm busting my my chops all the time, and I, I want a couple hours of my life back. And so do whatever you can to become more efficient, and it's worth it in the long run. Okay. Well, speaking of business, how can some of our listeners reach out to you if they need some help marketing their law firms? Um, you know, we're, we're not, we don't really go about that route when you don't. it comes to, to getting clients. Um, we're, we're pretty choosy um, about our clientele, uh, but we, we're open to talk. Like we're, we're very consultative in, in nature and, and, you know, we gave our book away to all the attendees that were here and I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So, okay. so which is cool, you know, so the people who attended the session, they got our book and you know, you can, you can check us out online, go to our website, gngf.com. Um, you know, I, I would encourage people to pick up our book. It really is a, a, a Bible. It's a guide. I mean, Ernie Searson gave us a really, really good compliment yesterday. Ernie the attorney? Ernie the attorney. He said, this, <laughs> this is the online Bible. And to me, that's a big compliment. And, and he said, I kept waiting for you guys to hold back and not share. And he said, every page I kept turning, it literally just laid out everything. And, and I, I don't think that it's a secret. I don't think the online world's a secret. It doesn't have to be. And a lot of marketers are that way. They really hold back. And, and I think that's kind of BS. And so my, you know, my, my co-author, Mark Homer, and myself really, really take pride in the fact that we delivered a, a piece of work that can actually help. And so check out our book. And that, that's usually a good place to start. And if you want to talk to us after that, give us a call. All right. Well, Jabez, it's been an extreme pleasure. Uh, thank Likewise. you so much for coming on and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take care. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.